Welcome to the Journey of You, where we equip you to think with purpose, empower you to act in purpose, and encourage you to live on purpose. I'm your host, Tonya D. Bennis, and I love to learn and I love to teach. As a coach, I get to do both. I get to learn about you and about the ways that I can help you. Then I get to teach you how to reach those goals you've set for yourself. Why? Well, infidelity has affected me unlike anything else that I've ever experienced. It stripped me of my confidence and self-worth and caused a level of insecurity that wasn't there before. I lost sight of who I was as a woman before I ever became a wife or a mother. But through God's love and grace, I slowly began to see myself as he sees me. Loved, chosen, accepted, enough, worth dying for. I realized that my identity was solely in Christ, not in a man or his actions. I matter, and so do you. That's why I want to help you see yourself the way that God sees you, one mindset shift at a time. In the Journey of You podcast, you'll hear stories, we'll share life lessons, you'll see how others have fulfilled their purpose or found their purpose along this journey called life, even during the times that life happens and the unexpected occurs. You still matter, you still have value, you are enough. God loves you. Let's dive in. Good morning, Journey of You family. How are you doing today? I would love to talk to you about the fear of trust. This week, I've got a focus on fear, or I haven't having a focus on fear um, in the Journey of You community. Just talking about the realities of fear that it's very real and how even the things that you believe in your mind even if it's not true you can still have a physical reaction to those things that you're feeling they can be that intense um and so i just want to talk through just some ways to walk through those fears and show you that there are ways that you can start to grow trust if you do have an issue with trust or a fear of trusting other people and so I just want to talk through a few just different personal stories of my own, share a couple of different scriptures that I think could be beneficial for you, um, and then just pray over you today. So that's kind of the focus. So I want to start um, with one story just in terms of the fear of trusting other people and what even gave me this thought. Um, because last week, excuse me, I was ready to board a plane um, to go on a trip and the only way to get there was by a plane and most of the places I would like to travel to the best way to get there is through a plane or on a plane and so I have developed this fear in the last few years of getting on a plane I don't know if it stems from not being in control because I'm not the one flying the plane or not being able to like open the door and get off whenever I want to like if I was driving a car it takes all of that away. Like I'm completely in someone else's control. And that's what I have a hard time with it. And the reason I relate it to trust is because I've experienced trauma and betrayal and thought that I was safe with someone that apparently I wasn't. And it has spilled over into other areas, which I think can be true for several people who have experienced betrayal or trauma um, to some capacity. It causes you to distrust people, sometimes even distrusting yourself. I think it also has an effect on whether or not you trust God or the degree to which you trust him. And I could feel it 
and I was like, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm planning on going on this trip. I'm really excited about it. But the only way for me to get there is to get on this plane. And I'm having a hard time with it, and I need your help. And so I'm driving through traffic in Atlanta, praying that I get there on time. Because we left a little bit later than planned. So I had my daughter see pictures, you know, scheduled for that day. And we race there. We get there in enough time to get through security, um, you know, park, and then get to our gate. And we had about 10 minutes to spare before they started boarding. Thankfully, I had already checked in via the app in advance. So all of that worked out well. And we got on the plane and I sat down. I had just finished eating. And... It was like I started to get overwhelmed and I could feel my heart beginning to race and I, you know, physically felt uneasy. It's amazing how when you're facing fear, that fight or flight that comes to you is so true and you feel it in every part of your body. And I started to say Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And it was like right after I said that, I went straight into Psalm 91. That he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It was like, God, you are my refuge. You are my strength. You are my strong tower. I can run to you and be safe. And then I started singing, Jesus loves me. And it was just like one after the other. And after I sang, Jesus loved me, and I was physically singing it out loud, not where everybody else could hear me, but just enough that I could hear it. And it could just keep increasing my faith in that moment. I needed to elevate the level of my perspective. So I had my eyes closed because I didn't want to focus on the fact that I'm on a plane with all these other people. They're closing the door. I can't get out until we get on the other side and they tell me I can get out. And I have no control over anything between now and that set destination. So the only thing I can do is enjoy the journey. And enjoy, in order for me to enjoy the journey on the way to the destination, I have got to keep my focus on God. And remember that he's in control and that he's got me. And so after I sing Jesus Love Me, I started singing Trust in God by Maverick City Music and Elevation Worship. And there were parts of it that just played over and over and over again in my head. So I just kept singing that part. And, you know, that God never fails. Excuse me. And that helped me to have a peace. We you know how scripture talks about having a peace that surpasses all understanding. A peace came over me and it was like, you know, my daughter laid her head on my shoulder to go to sleep and I just held her and she drifted off to sleep and we took off and I was fine. We actually had to land um, for a layover for about 30 minutes and then we were back up in the air again. But that second time we went back up, I was totally fine and that leg of the trip was going to be like two, three hours, but I was okay. And, you know, I read my books, I read my Bible, I wrote a little bit in my journal and I just enjoyed it. I made good use of the time and I slept a little bit because we were going to be landing pretty late. Um, and so I was really excited. And I was like, oh my goodness, I conquered my fear. I was like, that's awesome because all of the places that I want to go, I have to get there by plane. So, man, this isn't going to affect me anymore. And I was all excited. And, you know, later on that day after we woke up, um, we went snorkeling. And I love the ocean. You know, we had to battle against a few currents and things like that. 
um, and be careful not to like touch the reef, uh, the coral reef, or step on the f ocean floor because of sea urchins and things. But it was like it wasn't scary to me. It was just fun because I love the ocean. Like the beach is my happy place, and so it was like okay, I'm gonna pay attention, follow what the instructor says, and just enjoy it. And then the next day we went through the rainforest, and that was a three mile hike through the rainforest, and we came up, we had to climb through some rocks and some very um, treacherous type of trails. <laughs> you had to be very careful so you wouldn't fall. We had on helmets and life jackets. And we got to this part where you can slide down the rock right into the water. And you know, he was like, cross your arms so that way you're not bumping up against the rock because you could hurt yourself very badly. And slide down because it was water and algae, so it was very slick. But I did that. Well, the instructor was like, well, after that, you know, I'm going to jump off the 40 foot cliff right here and, you know, meet y'all in the water. And he was like, does anybody want to? My sister and my daughter both like, absolutely not. I'm good. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And he was like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, why not? And my sister and my daughter were like, uh, you're going to, you're going to do it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And so he said, well, we, he said, because I'm responsible for you, he said, we're going to go around, you know, back around again through the cave and, you know, that way because I don't want to take you on the shortcut he was like because I know what I'm doing but I don't know if you could handle it and I said well, what's the shortcut basically you were going to go straight up the side of this rock and find you know whatever foothold you could now mind you I said we had a, I had on a helmet and jacket life jacket no ropes no you know cords or anything or anchors to like belay on or none of that stuff okay and so um I was like yeah I can do it let's do it because to me that was way simpler I guess or less time consuming than to go back all the way around that we had just came and so I was like let's scale the rock and so he held my hand and was like put your left foot here your right foot here and you know he would go up a few feet and then he's like okay now you put your foot in the same place as I did so I did the same thing we got up there we got to the top of this cliff which I promise you I feel like it's more than 40 feet but we get to the top of the cliff and right at the top is a little divot just enough for both my feet to fit in it and it was filled with water um, because of a little bit of rain that day. And when I stepped my two feet in, there was only one more step to go to this little ledge to stand on to actually jump off. When I put my feet in that puddle, it was like that fear came over me. Very similar to when they closed the door of the plane. And at this point, you can't go back. He was like, if you go this way with me, he was like, I promise you there's no going back. Like You, you just have no choice but to jump off. He was like, once we get to the top, that's it. And so he saw, I guess, the fear overcome my face. And he was like, there's no going back. And that it's now or never. Give me your hand and step out here. And I gave him my hand and I stepped out on the ledge. And he was like, don't think about it. Just cross your arms and pencil drop straight down. And my sister was videotaping at the bottom. And my daughter, they were both, you know, cheering me on. And I was like, well, it's now or never. Let's go. And so I just jumped off. And I did pencil drop quite a ways I did really good but just before I got to the water I guess because of the momentum of how fast I was going and just all these different things at once were you know flowing through my head I lifted my leg up instead of keeping it straight and it smacked the water really really hard needless to say it definitely left quite a bruise um but it was still just like the rush of the water as I you know entered into it it was just like I did it like I jumped off of it. And so even though I came up <laughs> screaming because my leg hurt, I was like, yes, I did it. I conquered it. And I was just so excited because I faced it head on. It was like a split decision of 
yep, I'm going to do it. Let's scale this mountain. And once I started scaling the mountain, it was like, okay, well, you're doing it. And when you get to the top, you're jumping off. And like, that's just it. And so then he jumped off after me and he was like, what part of drop like a pencil did you not understand? And I was like, yeah, well, after that, we came up to a small part of the cave on the other side of that. And it had about maybe a one foot opening where part of it was under the water and the other part, you know, was above water with a huge rock over it. And to get through it, you know, you had to squeeze through and put your arms through first and then bring the rest of your body. Typically, just the fact of that enclosed space. Now, if I'm having a hard time on the elevator or on an airplane, you already know going through this little space was really a big deal. But I was like, okay, we're going to do it. So my sister went through first and then my daughter was going to go because I made it a point that everywhere we went that day that I brought up the rear just because I wanted to make sure that everybody made it through. We were all good, whatever. And so I stayed in the back and went last each time. And so my daughter started to go through, but then she had a full on like panic attack. And she was like, I can't do it. I'm just going to have to go around another way. I can't do it. And the instructor kept trying to calm her down. My sister was at the other side of the hole. Like, you know, I'm on this side. I got you. And she was like, I can't do it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go next. I'll go next. And then, you know, you can come behind me or I'll meet you on the other side when you come around with the instructor. Because at first I was like, I'll go with you with the instructor. And he was like, I've got her. You can go ahead and go through. So I put my hands in front and I went ahead and went through and I just took a deep breath and went through because if I would have stopped at all to think about it, I would have panicked too. But I went through. And when I got to the other side, I was like, I know you got this. And she was like, well, because you did it, you know, I can do it. This is what she told me later. And so I said, put your arms through and I'll pull you the rest of the way. So she took a deep breath. She put her arms through and I pulled her the rest of the way. And then she was like, I did it. I was like, see, you did it. And so then it was like that feeling of accomplishment. Like I faced a fear and I did it. And because I faced mine, one, when I jumped off the cliff and then two, went through that little bitty bitty hole just before her, it gave her the strength to go through as well. And so there was a lot of trust in this. And so first, if I go back to when I was on the plane and I had to remember to trust in God, so I aligned my perspective properly. Well, from there, I've got to trust that the pilot who's flying this plane knows what he's doing, is certified, has put in the hours he's supposed to, and he can get us safely to our destination, not once, but twice, because like I said, we had a layover. So I had to trust that. And then, you know, we get there, I had to trust that the Uber driver was licensed and had an insurance, that he had a working car and would get us safely to the hotel, checked into the hotel and was good to go. And then we got up and went snorkeling, had to trust an instructor to take us through that because it wasn't something we could do on our own. And then again, with going through the rainforest, had to entrust the instructor to take us through the routes we were supposed to go properly. And then to jump off this cliff, slide down the thing um, and go through this hole. All of that involved trust and having to trust someone else because those weren't things that I would have done just on my own. Like absolutely wouldn't have even tried it. Hiking through a, through a hillside, no problem. But we're hiking through the rainforest and the only way to get back down is to go through, you know, some of these tunnels and caves and things like that. And so really facing those fears head on. And it was like, after I had done those things, I was like, I'm invincible. Like, I feel like I could do anything. So as we started the trek back down um, the mountain, there was a, a five, a 10 and a 20 foot cliff or like 10, 15 and 20. And so the instructor asked my daughter if she wanted to do the 10 foot thing. And she was like, nope, I'm good. I'll just go by myself. And he was like, well, I can't split up the group. Like we either all got to go this way or we all got to go that way. And my sister was like, I'm good either way. I was like, I'm going for the 20 foot. By now I've already been 40 foot. I've went through the hole in the cave. Like 
I can knock out this 20 foot, no problem. And so my daughter, you know, got over to the edge, to the 10 foot, and it was time for her to jump and she froze. Well, then everybody out there like started calling her name and cheering her on. People that were down below already in the water and people that were still up there on the cliff, some of them, excuse me, grown adults that were just as scared to jump off of it, but they were like, they were going to face their fears. So she jumped off. Then my sister jumped off and I went to the 20 foot and I jumped off this time. I remember to stay as a pencil the whole way, um, but I jumped off and it was just, I felt so accomplished and like, wow, I really faced my fears head on. I've been enjoying this journey and I was just excited. And I was like, I'm going to get on the plane tomorrow and be totally fine. Well, tomorrow came. We had done lots of activities jam packed in that two and a half days that we were there. And we got on the plane and my sister was trying to make sure stuff was good because we had a little bit of a delay. She was trying to make sure stuff was good for her connecting flight. My daughter was on the phone talking to her boyfriend and I was sitting there trying to read and keep my mind focused, but panic started to come in and that fear was there. And I've already trusted the pilot the first time, trusted the instructor who took us on all these excursions, all the Uber drivers. I've entrusted a lot of people in these last few days. But all of a sudden, I'm back on a plane, and it's a straight, direct shot, three and a half hours, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't do it. Well, clearly, I couldn't stay in the other country. I had to come home, um, and I couldn't separate from my daughter and my sister, but it was just like, what am I going to do? Well, then some noise underneath the thing, I don't know if it was the baggage cart, you know, being pulled away so that we'd be able to, you know, go ahead and start trekking down the runway. I don't know. But my daughter made the comment, ugh. I hate that sound. Well, I had already closed my eyes and started praying and, you know, trying to go through the same scriptures that I had done before, but this particular day it was not working. And so I was just like, I don't know what the extra fear was. I'm like, dude, you jumped off a 40 foot cliff yesterday. Why does it matter that you're on this plane right now? Um, being on a plane 10, 20,000 feet in the air is very different than a 40 foot cliff. I want to point that out, <laughs> but we hadn't even taken off yet. It was just the fact that I had to get through that and get back on the ground on the other side. I was just ready to already be on the other side. And I started to panic and tears were rolling down my face. And my, my daughter was like, what's wrong? And she started to laugh, which when she doesn't know what to say, it's kind of like a nervous laughter. So she laughs and she was like, it's going to be okay. And my sister was like, you're fine. It's okay. She was like, I'll even buy you ice cream when we land. And ice cream is like my kryptonite. Okay. <laughs> but I love ice cream. But at that present moment, it was like, you won't even have time to buy me ice cream because you've got to get to your next flight. And she kind of chuckled and was like, that's true. But it was like, it wasn't helping. And I was just like, Lord, like, please help me. But I couldn't get out of my own head in that moment. Like the fear was even greater than it was the first time. And it was just like, this is stupid. I conquered this just two days ago. And then I did a whole bunch of other stuff since then that I had to face my fears head on. Why in this moment can I not overcome this? First of all, I want to encourage you in that. You got to take each day as it comes. And you might have conquered it three days in a row. And today is just not your day. And that's okay. That's why it's important to have community and to also have your things that you go to so that when you are in a moment that you're not sure how to overcome it or you just need that extra help, you're surrounded and connected to the people that can help you. And so I was like, Jesus, I need you. And they started to back up from the gate. And I was just like trying to take a deep breath. And I went to YouTube immediately and had enough signal, you know, because we hadn't taken off yet, that I could pull up trust in God. Because this time I couldn't sing it myself, but I could definitely listen 
to Maverick City Music and Elevation Worship sing it to me. And so I turned it up enough that it wouldn't disturb anybody, but I put it right next to my ear and I just closed my eyes and I let it play. And as they talked about trusting in God and that he'll never fail, I just had to let it like completely envelop me. And I played it twice. You know, I had it, we had enough signal that I was able to play it twice all the way through. And it's like nine minutes long, um, you know, before we took off. But it just helped me to calm down and just kind of breathe. And then, you know, my daughter by then, of course, was off the phone. And so she laid her head on my shoulder and my sister had drifted off to sleep. And it was just like, okay, God's got me. Like, there's literally nothing I could do right now. I know the destination. I'm headed back to Atlanta. But for this next three and a half hours, I've just got to relax and rest in him. And so I read um, in my Kindle app and I jotted a few things down in my journal, you know, and I just had to breathe. And there were a couple of times that it was like, oh, how much longer, how much longer? And then we hit some turbulence, which wasn't really that big of a deal. I didn't so much care about the turbulence. It was just the fact that I couldn't get out. That bothered me more. Like the turbulence I could handle. It's just the fact that I wanted to be able to get out when I wanted to get out. And so... You know, I made it through the rest of the flight and I was okay, but it's just that initial getting on there and having to calm my mind and then calm my body, like my heart, my soul, that was hard. But once again, I had to trust the flight attendants and the pilots, you know, and trust that everybody on the plane was going to, you know, sit still, do what they were supposed to do. It was a lot to take in. And when we landed, I was like, thank you, Jesus. You know, every time I get ready to get on the plane, I put my hand on the door and I pray over it before I even step foot on the plane. And that's, that's why to help me to get in that state of mind to get calm and be like, God's in control. He's got you. And so that's where I want to encourage you today. Um, in Proverbs chapter three, verses five through six, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path in all of your ways. You've got to acknowledge him because there are so many things in life that happens that our human mind can't fathom it or understand. It's not meant for us to. There's scripture that tells us there will be things that we won't understand. And the only way we'll even get understanding or any peace is to trust in God and to lean on him and his understanding and his word so that he can see us through. Because it'll be when Jesus comes back, when we understand something and some things at that time, we won't even remember anyway. But some things will make much more sense then that our human mind just can't fathom right now. And so there are those moments that you've got to be able to have those scriptures to pull on or you can pick up the phone and ask someone to pray with you um, or jump into the journey of your community, you know, and we can pray with you and talk through it because you're you're not alone and you can't go through life alone. Um, you know, that God created us for that connection and togetherness for a reason. And so that's what I want to encourage you with today that you might say, well, I have trust issues. And it definitely does spill over to other areas, especially when you're broken and you're hurting um, and you've been through different betrayals or traumas. But every day you do trust someone, whether it's your Uber driver, your DoorDash delivery person, the waiter or the waitress at the restaurant that you go to eat at. Uh, you trust that your boss is going to give you a check for the work that you've done. You trust that, you know, you're going to start your car at some work. And you're going to make it down the highway and back home safely. There are times that you make trust, like you sit down in the chair and you don't inspect it and say, I wonder if this chair is going to hold me up. You just sit in the chair and trust that the person who made it created it to be able to hold you. Those are all times that you're having to trust on a day to day basis. Some of them you don't even think about. You don't even blink twice and you trust. So you definitely have the capability to trust. 
from there, it's just a matter of, okay, maybe there's a specific person you can't trust, or maybe there's a certain place you can no longer go because you don't feel safe there. But every day you take time to trust people. So it's not that you can't trust. That's what I want you to know, that it's not that you're incapable of it because you do it every day. It's just there are certain parts of you that are hurting that need to be healed that God's got to come in and fill those voids and empty hurting places that no other person can do for you. And that way you're able to trust yourself and trust God because I know that it impacts how you see him. But I assure you that there's not one thing that you can do that will ever, ever take away his love from you or separate you from him. He loves you unconditionally, so much so that he sent his son to die on the cross for you so that you could spend an eternity with him. So I want you to be encouraged with that today, that no matter what hell you're going through or how broken you feel or how hurt that you are, you're not defined by your story. Your story is not your identity. The things that you've gone through are not what makes you you. It's just a part of you. And there are scars there that, yes, those things happened, but it's not all there is to know about you. You had a purpose when God formed you in his mother's womb, and that purpose is still going to prevail. God's purpose still stands. No matter what the enemy throws, God's going to use each and every one of those things as part of your testimony for you to be able to help someone else to give them the hope and the love that God has poured into you. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this day, Father. And we thank you for your love, your unconditional love. We thank you, Lord, that your mercies are new each and every morning, that we're able to get up and try again, Father, that you are the God of the second chance, that you give us chance after chance after chance, and that you're there, Lord, right there with open arms, ready to welcome us in and let us know how much you love us, how much you adore us, and how much you want to spend time with us. Your line is never busy. We don't have to beg you to spend time with us. We don't have to beg you to love us. You give it freely, Lord. Help us to freely accept it, Lord, to know that we are loved by you, that we are chosen and that we matter. Help every woman under the sound of my voice, Lord, know that it's not her fault that she's not to blame, that other people made choices. And even though that they misused her or abused her, Lord, that she's not at fault, that she's not tainted, that she's not any less of a woman, Lord, but that you love her just the same and that you're not even going to leave her that way, Lord. We thank you, Father, that she is becoming all that you've created her to be, Lord, that she's going to be able to trust in you and from there be able to be led by your guidance and instruction as to who to trust, Father, who to be in relationship with, who to interact with, and who to stay far away from, Lord. We thank you, Father, that their identity is in you, Lord, not in a man or a woman or anyone else or their titles or their roles, but solely in you, Father, and that who they are is a part of you, Lord, that you live in them and that you're leading and guiding them in every direction that you want them to go. So I pray, Lord, that you wrap your loving arms around them right now and remind them that you've got them right in the palm of your hands and that you're going to take care of them, that you've got them, Lord, that they don't have to be fear because there is no fear in love, Father. Perfect love casts out fear. We thank you that you haven't given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, Lord. Help them to rest in and trust in you, Lord, in ways that only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I appreciate being able to vulnerably share um, with you some of the fears that I had to face just even in the last you know, few days, um, how having those issues with trust has even affected you know, my relationship with God and having to 
renew, you know, myself in him so that I could be reminded that I can trust him and I don't have to worry that he's always going to be loyal and faithful. And I wanted to remind you of that too. And so I'd love to keep the conversation going. You can feel free to comment below or you can head over um, to the journeyofyou.net and join the community. These are the things that we talk about, you know, with each other live, you know, vulnerable discussions where it's a safe place. You know, you belong, you are accepted. We want you to come as you are and be able to talk about the things that you're dealing with and help you to get to that point that you can fulfill the purpose that God has called you to. And you're able to really embrace life and live it to the fullest so that you can make your dash count. Remember, this is your journey. It's where your life begins. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. We hope that you are leaving feeling equipped to think with purpose, empowered to act in purpose, and encouraged to live on purpose. If you aren't sure where to start and you would like to have the first five truths to help you build that foundation to start thinking with purpose, head over to thejourneyofyou.net forward slash equipped. Again, that's thejourneyofyou.net forward slash equipped so that you can download those first five truths of getting you started to think with purpose and really pursuing all that God created you to be. I'm excited to do this journey with you. Remember, this is your journey. It's where your life begins.